Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring the show to you. Hang on one second. Peep's going to put you on mute. Hi, and I'm back again. <laughs> Sorry about that, but my guest this evening, Dominic DeAngelis, had called in on the other number just to make sure if that was the number he was supposed to call in on. But now we're all straight, and he will be calling in here to the studio momentarily. Meanwhile, 
Let's get on with the show. As I was saying, I'd like to thank the Staken Network, the founders, for giving me the opportunity to bring this show to the public each week on Thursdays, where we will be talking about Reiki and all things surrounding Reiki and its roots, discovery, the Reiki practice, and more. Also, we talk about the founder of Reiki, Mikao Usui, and a lot of the things that Sensei Usui was interested in and enamored with and had studied, and um, he was a great man who had a voracious appetite for learning and all new things. So whatever he could learn, uh, he would get his hands on and learn it and, and explore it, and um, it was great. And uh, because of it, because he, he was so interested in all things and everything, he founded Reiki and brought that to us, which is a great, beautiful blessing. Now, if you don't know, Reiki is universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing. See, I just said it was a blessing. Reiki is a blessing and instantaneously conferred sacred potential for all of us for healing, protection, personal and spiritual development. And if you guys missed last week's show, I suggest you go check it out in the archives. It was a great show. It was uh, myself with my guest and one of the founders of the Staken Network, Restita de Jesus. And Restita is a martial artist who has a wushu center in um Washington, and she's just an absolutely wonderful person, very intelligent, very well-versed in many different things, and of course, martial arts, as was Usui Sensei. So we had a great uh, show last week discussing how the discipline in martial arts and the discipline in Reiki are very parallel, and how that martial arts is a very great tool for developing personally and spiritually and growing. And everybody thinks, oh, martial arts, karate, judo, whatever, wushu, you know, oh, it's all about kicking ass. It's so far from just kicking ass. And if any of you know um, any of the works and, and uh, have read anything about Musashi, you know, it's not all kill, 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 hurt, maim, you know, tough guy. It's so far from that. It's all about balance and how you had samurai warriors who made beautiful flower arrangements and wrote poetry. It was a whole opposite side of what people focused on and saw, you know, the tough guys doing and the warriors and, and all of that. So it does speak to balance. And that's really what Reiki is all about, balance. And uh, so you can check the archives. Like I said, my guest last week was Justita de Jesus. And you can listen to that show and uh, hear what we were discussing about 
discipline, personal and spiritual growth, balance, etc. Reiki, whole thing, martial arts, um, etc. And I'm going to go off air one second. I'm sorry, I felt the sneeze coming on. Hopefully, when it comes back, I'll catch it in time. <laughs> I don't need you all hearing me sneeze. Um, a little bit more about me. My name is Rosie Menes, and my website is www.violetroserakey.com. Violet Rose Reiki is in existence now about eight, eight or nine years. And um, if you want to know anything about Reiki, you have any questions, you would like some clarification or whatever, you just want to learn about, you know, what this Reiki stuff is, feel free to email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. You can find me on Facebook as Violet Rose Reiki. Also on Facebook, I have a page which is entitled Reiki Ward. And Reiki Ward has, uh, well, it was formed to provide distance Reiki healing for free for humans and animals all across the globe. Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And we also place your requests on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. So if you have a request for healing, you need healing, a neighbor needs healing, a family member needs healing, your dog, your cat, your horse, your parakeet, you can post your request on Reiki Ward. Like I said, it's a page. So you can just, in the Facebook search, search for um, Reiki Ward, and it should come up. And post your request the same way you would post on a friend's Facebook wall. Not difficult. And uh, we will get right on it. And as I said, we do two to three rounds of healing every day. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of four to 500 Reiki practitioners working with us uh, at over at Reiki Ward. And um, that much Reiki on your request generally gets you a good result. We're not, you know, perfect. We're not infallible. We're not God. But we give it all we got. And uh, we have had pretty much uh, a huge amount of success. So check out Reiki Ward. And this evening, my guest is Dominic DeAngelis, born in Brooklyn, as was I. Yay, Brooklyn! And um, he has an interesting story. And he is now one of the uh, co-creators, co-founders of Chow and Zen, which is a health, healing, and wellness center in New Jersey. And Dominic will tell us more about that when he comes on air. Uh, the website is chowandzen.com. And I'm not sure. Oh, they're in Blairstown, New Jersey. And you want to call them, you can at 908-362-1900. But I do recommend you check out the website first, chowandzen.com. So you can see what Dominic's all about. And most definitely after tonight, you'll hear and you'll know what Dominic is all about. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Dominic DeAngelis. Hi, Dominic. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. 
doing better than good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, so, it's one of those one of those Zig Ziglar things. Yeah. You have a very interesting background. Good. <laughs> somebody thinks so. <laughs> I wasn't even going to tell everybody. I figure I should have you explain to them all of the stuff that's gone on in your life that led you to the place you are now, that led to the creation of Chow and Zen mm. and more. Um, I, I think it was really uh, my wife and I. I met my wife in 94, um, 1994 when I was in Istanbul, Turkey. And, Dominic, uh, was, I have to, Dominic, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you, but I have to tell you, whatever phone you're calling in, it sounds like you're underwater. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. I, there's something going on with our phone service here. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, but again, it sounds like you're underwater. Oh, and I'm geez. just worried that this is going to come out not really good. <laughs> can you hear me now? No, I can hear you, but it's just the quality of the sound. You're rippling like underwater. Uh, you want me to try my cell phone? Uh, yeah, can you try back? Yeah, yep, I'll call All back. Right. Okay, Dominic's going to call back because I didn't want you guys to, I, you know, I hear it over here. I don't know if anybody else heard it, but um, somebody in the chat room let me know, and uh, he's calling back in. We'll see, because uh, it was, on this end, it was wobbly. It was very, very wobbly. So we'll play a little break song. And he'll be back. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can, and it sounds like it's much better. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, there's no wavering and waves and weirdness going on. You know, I forgot. We're we're in a Mercury retrograde, so yeah. <laughs> technical difficulties with communication devices, et cetera, and the like are to be expected. Yes, um, definitely. We're good. So the last thing I asked you uh, for our listeners, because someone did type into the chat room, yeah, it sounded horrible, <laughs> was to tell us how you came to be who you are and develop what you have in uh, over the years. Because, I mean, you grew up in Brooklyn. No, you were born in Brooklyn, grew up in New Jersey, left for the Marines when you were 19, Met your uh -huh. wife, Nicola, when you lived in Istanbul, Turkey. 
Then you went over to San Salvador. You're an early retired police officer. You practice Reiki and NLP and hypnosis and a bunch of other modalities. So talk to us about your road to where you are now, Dominic. Well, I say my my biggest thing was I I think I didn't pay attention to any of this when I was younger and you had to go to school, you had to get a job and that job uh, ran you into retirement and then, you know, and then you got to live out the rest of your days. And I guess I didn't listen to it. I did, the traveling the world thing was definitely, definitely a big step, definitely a a big experience and everything. But um, I was into accidents and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write much on that because I like to tell the stories. I think we talked about it when when we were um, talking for the interview. And, well, that's um, why I said better you should tell it because I can read this to them, but it's not the same. <laughs> right. Um, a few things that were different. I remember when I was in my mother's womb, um, and I tell people that, and they're like, what? And funny enough, I recently I've been meeting a bunch of people that have been uh, telling me the same thing. So I think that that's that's pretty cool that, um, you know, I'm not the only one because I tell people and they're like, yeah, right, whatever. Um, so I kind of got sidetracked into, um, living a life and going and getting a job and having to go to school and everything. And, um, when I was 15 years old, I was in a car accident and, um, I crossed over to the other side and the experience, there was no tunnel or anything. I just pretty much stepped out and based on my belief systems at the time, growing up, uh, uh, Roman Catholic and being an altar boy, I came up to a man sitting in the throne, and he said, Dominic, it's not your time. You have to go back. So I came back, and uh, three days later, I woke up in the hospital. I really didn't have any um, experience uh, that um, some divine message or anything, but when I dwell back, well, not when I dwell back, when I focus back on that event, I come up with certain things that um, start connecting, helping me connect dots and explaining stuff. So I left for the Marines, met my wife when I was 22, got married when I was 24, and I always wanted to be a cop. So I left the Marines to be a cop, and I had changed departments, and I was on a department for one week, and this time I was in a a bad motorcycle accident. Uh, Somebody left turn, he pulled out in front of me, the, the motorcycle went under the car, I went over, and I smashed into the road and broke everything. Not literally, but a lot. Uh, My whole leg is rotted up and screwed back together. I had the screws removed. And every year I was just, I was back in physical therapy, either because of my hip or because of my back. So I was, I I, I had had 10 years in the pension and I just left early. It was easier than me being in pain and being crippled the rest of my life. Well, just Mm -hmm. about that time that I was leaving, my wife goes, I found the building and I'm, and we had talked about um, moving out of New Jersey or, you know, opening a business, and we weren't really sure. So my wife and I were looking at a property, and we just found this one that we're currently in. And um, we came in, we saw it, we fell in love with it. This was our vision for Challenge Then and what we would, what we felt. And um, we had started the business and, you know, opened, you know, um, opened the business. So it's pretty much been a building point. 
from when we open. Um, we've taken an initiation with the Swami. We I I got we got into hypnosis from uh, Bob Burns, the guy that I co-host the radio show with Living Consciously on 100 and Chamber Radio. Yeah, and we had Bob on a couple of weeks ago. What's that? We had Bob on a couple of weeks ago on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He great, is great amazing, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a, a really uh, great mentor, uh, really knows his stuff. Um, you know, I wasn't even interested in hypnosis, Um you know, I don't believe in accidents. So the point of my story, my accidents were, they weren't accidents. They were just things like little markers that let me know about um, that there there is something more than we're ever taught about when uh, when right. we come into this life or this experience. Because I don't, I think every day that passes, it's just like I remember more or I remember different experiences. And right. It's almost like a re-remembering. And when I met Bob, I wasn't even interested in hypnosis. I was all about the Swami thing. <laughs> and uh, um, Bob came in. He started telling us about the hypnosis. And that was it. I was just like, I want to do this. And it was really my wife who wanted to take the class. And he had just come in to run a class, you know, ask if you know we would be interested in hosting a class for him and blah, blah, blah. And um, that was it. Bob and I were like uh, peas and carrots after that. And then, um, and then it was also a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was also, uh, you know, a lot of what Bob said. Uh, I had talked to other, you know, teachers and people who did stuff. And, you know, I didn't really have anybody to kind of talk about the psyche with or anything. And um, so I started talking to Bob. Well, when I started telling him about some of these experiences that I have, and he said, you know, it just it blew me away. He just said to me, it's your perception of life. And I was just sitting there with my, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a very big or bold statement, but I was just sitting there with my mouth wide open catching fly. Because as I was talking to him, I was watching this drizzle coming down in his aura. And I'm like, and I asked him about it, and he just said, and and then answering in that, you know, um, that my perception of reality, because you know that it's not, it's not more or less like the matrix, that I was just like, uh-huh. that was like, an, you know, that answer just hit me, just hit, it just hit home, and I was just like, that's pretty intense. That's pretty much when he sold me on the whole idea of hypno- hypnosis and why, you know, why I got into it. Interesting. You know, it's funny because um, I I think a lot, <laughs> uh-huh. and I keep thinking about how we tend to overcomplicate our lives when there's no necessity to. When life mm-hmm. in and of itself is really simple, but yet mm-hmm. the ego I feel forces us to complicate because. The more you add to stuff, and I'm sure you've seen it in the modalities that you uh, do, you know, if I add to it, mine is going to look better. Mine is going to appear. And again, perception comes into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. People are going to perceive me as knowing more because I have more. And it's the same thing with the, when you have, you know, if I have a lot of stuff, then that shows that I'm successful. 
Well, yeah, you're successful at buying a lot of stuff. And you're successful at spending money, you know, uh, irresponsibly, and you're successful in making the people from whom you bought the stuff rich. But successful as far as quality of life, no, I don't know about that. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, and it's like I love Don Miguel Ruiz because he came into my life years ago, and it was like someone had. Uh, you know, shine this huge spotlight and said, this is where it's at. Somebody else's dream that was taught to us, that was handed down, and mm -hmm. we have to step out of that dream. We need to create our own dream. Because mm -hmm. like you said at the beginning, you, you say, okay, like I go to school, I get a job, I go to work, yep. that's it, work for X amount of years and retire. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> but no. no one, or I could not know one, but Few people, and even today in 2015, very few people are willing to step outside of that box, step outside of that dream, challenge the uh, everyday, usual, expected perception. Do you right. notice right. that as well? Yes. Dominic? Yes. It's a, and that. Yep. That's exactly where I was going with it. I'm glad you brought that point back. Um, comfort zones. Um, you know, this, now this is, you're going to be like, how did you get from there to here? Well, um, the whole, that, that, this whole concept I had actually picked up when I had taken some classes, uh, some rich dad classes and, um, the mentor I had, um, because, and, and again, you know, I, I took a lot of these classes because I needed, I didn't, I got, I formulated the education I needed so that I didn't need to be dependent on a job, a job, and job means just over broke, and um, <laughs> <Love> <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm stealing all their material, but um, uh, my my mentor had actually um, you know showed me a lot of other possibilities. Now I had worked a lot of overtime, and my you know for being a cop, I mean I literally I. I it was like day on, stay on. If I could work 16 hours a day, I would. And, you know, it was just a matter of making all the money I can so that I can, you know, afford the things that I, that I, that I needed or to pay down my mortgage as fast as possible and didn't realize that I was just doing it all wrong. So I had taken a few classes and I was, my eyes were really open and it, you know, you don't really equate the, you know, when I say it's a rich, it was um, a rich dad, poor dad class, people don't equate it so much, but um, I actually really have to say that. I, the way Robert Kiyosaki explains it in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's mm -hmm. actually a very deep and profound spiritual teaching. It, it, and actually look at stepping back and looking at the whole picture. Because we equate everything to money and everything's governed around money, that's what our trade is. So if you can sidestep the the going to school, getting a job just so that I can retire mentality and seeing that there are other alternatives to making money and, and being self-employed so that you can have a quality of life, so that you can give your children a good education, it's totally feasible. And um, that's where my wife and I had kind of came into it, we had, a, you know, some extra money and we had taken some classes to educate ourselves from a friend who bought me a book. No accident. 
friend was getting a divorce, stayed with us, gave me that book for Christmas. I just opened it up and num, 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 took the material in and I started changing the way I was thinking. And luckily enough, I was able to retire early from my job and saw a gateway and, you know, got into, you know, got into Reiki and got into other alternatives. So this way I don't have to go live in a rat race and, and, um, you know, and be a slave to a job that I really at the end of the day didn't like. That's amazing. That really is amazing. Yeah, because like they say, uh, you know, go follow your passion. I mean, I worked in Mm -hmm. uh, law firms for 42 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I liked it. You know, I loved it. It still was like I knew that my my lot in life was kind of uh, to be of service to people but didn't really know how. And I was serving people because I was helping them. I was helping their their attorneys and all of that. But it just didn't feel right. And then when I started doing the Reiki, I uh, that felt very much right. <laughs> and it was like when I started my practice, it's like, but how am I going to make a living doing this? And <laughs> yeah, it, really. And then I started my practice. I think it was around 2006. So as it grew, it was. It was Pretty well, but then we had that that fall in twenty, well, two thousand eight. There was that drop in income and a, uh, whatever they call mm-hmm. it, depression, recession, or blah blah. But yeah. the thing is, yeah, it felt like it was. And to my mind, what I've noticed, and I've been very much on top of it since twenty uh, two thousand eight. It's never really come back around. And no. uh, the thing is. I had more clients and students when I started my practice than I do right now. However, I have other things that I do. Uh, The universe had its plans to have me use my natural-born psychic ability and do readings, which I really never did prior to. I used to kind of keep the the psychic part of me hidden in the closet. But, again, you know, the universe had had different ideas. (laughs) Get out there. So now between the two, uh, I I am actually doing what I'm here to do. And it's Mm -hmm. very, you know, the winding road that takes you to where you're supposed to be. When you started on that road, you can't comprehend that that's the way it's going to go. But it does, one way or the other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, my wife and I, I remember uh, in the late 90s, we got married in 96. It was the late 90s. We were in our first town. We were in our first home. It was a little town home, a little quad. And I remember we were sitting on the couch, and we were just talking about what we wanted, and we just had these ideas, and we were scribbling it all down. We didn't really make a map, but we had just kind of, like, scribbled it down so we didn't forget or lose our place. And we had actually talked about a place like this or a retreat, more or more of a retreat-type place where people can come get away, rejuvenate, and not be sucked into that 9 to 5. Because even before I was a cop, I was working six, seven days a week. And it was like day on, stay on. I mean, I did appliances. I built decks. I built houses. I did – you you name a job, I'll tell I probably did it. You're an and, industrious um, little ant worker, aren't you? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think I get it from my uh, my father. In um, my father used to do everything. Now he watches TV because he's he's <laughs> old and retired. But um, uh, my father, you know, he he put two chimneys on our house and and two um, two um, you know hearts on the inside. And everybody who comes in is like, nice brickwork. They're like, who did it? And uh, my my mother will be like, oh, Henry did it. Um, you know, or my father's like, oh, I did it. You like it? And, um, you know, I, I just got it from him. I just like, you know, a jack of all trades. And really, it's, it was just about, you know, the J-O-B. You know, something that just, you know, it, it, it put food on the table and got us through the next uh, month of bills. And, you know, I, I think, you know, getting married early and, you know, in today's, Today's ideas is kind of crazy because now they want you to go to twenty like, something years of school until you get a degree, and then you can go out and go pick up litter in a park, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, it's sad but true. I mean, how many college yeah. kids are out there? They graduate, even people with graduate degrees. I mean, and they still are looking for work. They can't find mm-hmm. a job. It's sad. I, I have a guy. Well, actually, there's a guy supposed to come and see me. His mother had come in. And we were talking about some stuff, and she said, "You know, my son's coming. My son's coming in." I said, "Where? He's in Colorado. I guess he just got his doctorate, not his PhD, doc." And she said, "I lost you, Tom." Uh, can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. Okay, lost you for a minute. Yeah, it's I. I've got really bad signal. Um, <laughs> he got his he got his doctorate's degree. And he's over in like Colorado area, and she she hadn't really said anything about New Mexico, but that he was coming home, and he didn't want to know what he wanted to do. And he sounds a lot like me, uh, you know, twenty thirty years ago. And uh, I said I'd love to talk to him if you know if he's interested. And um, I said he might want to stay out that way. I said um, because there's there's quite a few good things out there, and that was it. I didn't say anything else. And by the time we were done, she had said, you know, he had said something about going the flagship way, which is where, or earthship way, which is where they make those earthships up in New Mexico. It's on, it's more towards the Colorado border, uh, just north of Santa Fe. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. Well, yeah, I never heard of earthship way, but I know the areas you're talking about. Yeah, well, Earthship Way is just the the area with the guy who I, I, the name escapes me. He developed. He was a uh, engineer architect that developed the Earthships that work on the geothermals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pounding the dirt into the tires, then stacking it in your foundation, and you're building your um, your water collection and solar power, and you face it towards the south, so then you can grow all your plants inside the house. Cool. It's kept warmer all year. Well, she, uh-huh. at the end, I said, he might want to stay out there for some reason, and I didn't really understand why I was telling her this. And then she said, yay, he said something about he wants to go learn how to build earth ships and go do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. You know, I said, uh, yeah. maybe something like that is definitely, uh, you know, my wife and I had talked about it, but I got to be honest, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself. My wife, because you build and fix a couple things, you you know, Spouses think, oh, you can do anything. Yeah, not that. Well, I mean, you know, there a, are people who honestly, but it's got to 
Well, but I gotta tell you, there are honestly people like that. My dad was very much like what you're describing, you and your dad, because he could yeah. fix anything. He was absolute. I mean, unbelievable. It was mind blowing. And I brought him home one time. Uh, an ex boss of mine had given me one of those tube AM/FM clock radio thingies, and he said to me, "Here, the clock works, but it doesn't play music. But you know, maybe you could use it." I said, okay, and I took it home, and I gave it to my dad, and I said, here, work your magic on this. Fix it. And he looked at me. He said, what do you think I am, God? I said, yes. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> and he did. Dominic, he did. And I had that radio, that clock radio. It worked for years. <laughs> wow. You know, I did that, you know, talk about funny stuff. I did that with my dad. I mean, my, he, I mean, you know, he used to fix everything. And, um, I bought this little used tractor when I bought, uh, when we bought Challenge and I needed a mower big enough to ride to mow the lawn. Although it's only, it's still under half an acre. It's a lot to do, you know, just pushing a, you know, a little push mower. Yeah. And the head, the head went off, um, on it, the, uh, the magneto for the starter. <laughs> so uh-huh. I call my dad up and I ask him to come look at it and I go help me fix this thing <laughs> and I had a friend who was a mechanically he was a mechanic as well so uh-huh. you know we're talking about it and my dad takes out the WD <laughs> he pulls out a can of WD-40 <laughs> and starts spraying the engine he goes it needs lubrication and we just sat there looking at one another thinking like what are you doing and I don't know if he just lost it in his old age but uh that was just yeah, that was really the highlight of that's it. like that's like the part in a duct tape, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean a guy who used to like take the mower apart, change the oil, build brick stuff, put decks on and then here he is spraying it with WD-40. I really think senility hit him, like, in his 70s. <laughs> and, and he's not hes not an old guy. He just acts like it. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, me and my buddy, we were hysterical. Laughing at him. <laughs> that was it. Every time he saw him, he pulled out the WD-40. <laughs> That's like in my big fat Greek wedding. Everything, the father pulled out the Windex. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing as pulling out the Windex, right? <laughs> Oh, God. That's funny. So, yeah, um, I I just, I I, I like to, I'm intrigued with learning new stuff. And um, I find that a lot of the humor in it um, really helps catapult me past, you know, um, a lot of the uh, um, minutia, you know, just a a lot of the dry material of it. Right. So that's kind of like, I guess that's just, my attitude I've taken towards it. If I can't, if I can't have fun when I'm doing it, then it's not really worth doing. Right, right. And you know, it's funny because that that was Nikao Sui's outlook on life. He, as I said, the and I say that every week. He had a voracious mm-hmm. appetite for learning. You know, whatever uh-huh. was out there, whatever was interesting, he was into everything, and he wanted to learn. And uh, you know, through that appetite for learning and knowledge, that's how. He came about to um, discover and find Reiki. I mean, the the one um, story that says he went to one of his uh, teachers and said, you know, there's got to be more to life. I mean, this is like, it's, I, I'm learning all these things and I'm going here and there and I'm 
I'm I'm studying and it's like there's got to be more. So how do I find out the true meaning of life? And his um, elder said, first you must die. And he was like, what? Die? Who? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the elder said, no, you have to look within yourself. And basically, you know, everything that you now perceive as true, you have to find that, you know, it may not be. So go within, meditate, and, and you'll find what the meaning to life is. And that's what he did when he went up on Mount Karama and did the, the meditation. And we all received this wonderful gift because of his insatiable search for knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Great thing. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I, it was just reminding me, and I think uh, somehow a couple hours ago, I kept on hearing "Master uh, Jack of All, Master of None," and I was, you know, I was like, "Where does this come from?" And I actually think I now, I now am able to the dots with it. Just like you said, um, Doctor Yasui, going out and learning and trying all this stuff, I think that those are the things that actually give you some experience. They give you some background and they give you some teeth into the material so that you can digest it little bits at a time time so that you can then, you know, move on and, you know, add some more things to your toolbox in the sense of, you know, like taking out those little bites of stuff so that you can understand it. Right. You know, I think that I've heard that, um, I've heard that analogy used many, many times. I've used it myself regarding some people. You know, mm-hmm. jack of all trades, master of none. But mm-hmm. I think when people use that terminology, because there are people in life who we meet and would know, whatever, there are people in life that are definitely a jack of all trades. They know a lot of stuff. They've taken courses. They've got certificates, they've got, you know, quote, quote, master this, master that, whatever. But the thing is, do they really, or they have this degree and that degree, you know, all these things that, quote, quote, prove that they are it. But you have all of this. It's like like carrying around a trunk full of toilet paper because you have all of this stuff (laughs) and you're not doing anything with it because if you're doing something with those things, then yes, you are a master because you're a practicing master. To have something say that you're accomplished or you're a master or you're a graduate on paper without personal application, to me, Mm. that means you're a jack-of-all-trades, master of nothing. Because there are a lot of us who are racing masters and and, uh, whatever in, in our chosen profession that we're using multiple modalities. And right. we know multiple modalities and we use them. But I think it's those who are like on a uh continuous search for validation within themselves that get all of these these certifications and, and, and pieces of paper and stuff who don't practice it. Those are the jacks. But right. then there are also the masters. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I I think that go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, and it's like if you if you really because like a lot of my clients, I'll tell them, okay, you need to have the talk with the mirror. <laughs> they look at me, what? And in in my counseling, it's like, 
you need to talk with a mirror. This is where you get a mirror, you sit down, you look at yourself, and you be mm -hmm. absolutely honest with yourself. Maybe when you're talking to a friend, but this is you now. You are your own best friend, and you say, all right, where do I need improvement? What am I doing? Be brutally critical with yourself and take mm -hmm. notes. This is what I need to do. This is why I'm where I am. This is what's holding me back. This is my fear. This, you know, just make this list. Be honest with yourself because I think these people who are the jacks of everything and constantly learning and getting certification and getting validation through getting the piece of paper or getting a title, they really are afraid to look at themselves and admit that they have what they call fear of success or that they, mm -hmm. they really need to work on their own self-esteem, self-work, self-love. Because those are reoccurring themes in my counseling. You know, those three things, self-esteem, self-worth, self-love, are missing in many, many, many cases. And that's yeah. really where it's at. Right. You know? So, I mean, I, I think that's, yeah, because it's good to be a jack of all trades. The more things you know, the better off you are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that, um, you know, when I look back on it, I mean, those a lot of those jobs were way better than when I was a cop. I actually had fun at it, except for, the, except for this one job. It was like everything was a 911 call for a washing machine or a dishwasher repair. But, oh, my um, God. But for the most, I mean, yeah, he used to have us bouncing all over the state and into Pennsylvania, and it was like, really, Rich? Come on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just, it was like a never-ending job. Uh, but uh, but it was still fun, though, you know. Um, I still enjoyed it. I do. I'm very mechanical when it comes to stuff. Um, and that's kind of what really, what I, that one trait I learned from my, or, you know, one of the traits I learned from my father, you really dissect it down mechanically, take it apart, put it back together, and get the parts to fix it. Um, but uh, I used to have, I worked in, uh, what, was my, what was the funnest job I ever had? Well, the funnest job I actually had was when I was in the Marine Corps out in, uh, in Camp Pendleton, because it was sunny 365 days out of the year, and it was just like, you know, you got to exercise three times a week, got to go surfing, go down to the beach, and, um, you know, live in California for free. Cool. That was the life. <laughs> that was, I, well, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of good guys. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I had a, a friend, a very good friend of mine, um, when I joined, he was home on leave, and, you know, he, he had some other psychological issues, but, you know, like war was like the last thing I ever wanted to go to. I really just wanted to go travel the world. And um, two of my father's uncles, uh, one was in the Army, one was in the Navy. My mother's my mother's father was in the Navy. And um, I really wanted to just go and travel and see the world and see more than, you know, <clears throat> Brooklyn or New York, or Brooklyn or New Jersey. And... Uh, that was really my main reason for joining. Matter of fact, it was quite funny because the Marines were the only one that took me. I was allergic to bees at the time, and everybody else said, no, I won't take you. I went to the Marine recruit. He said, go get retested. I got retested, and I, I had been going for shots. So, you know, I just thought it was funny. I think not only did I, you know, I picked one of the, you know, 
the hardest branches, I, I'd probably pick one of like the, the craziest branches. Oh, yes. I have a friend who she used to refer to the Marines as, she used to say, the few, the proud, the insane. I think that's why I could relate to a lot of those guys because I, I kind of think I am a little bit insane at the end of the day. For, I mean, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane for absolutely no reason and I paid money to do it. So yeah, you're, 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 you're borderline there, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I, I just, um, I, I tell you, um, I don't believe in anything ever being an accident in your life. And, and, you know, for anybody who's listening, whenever you say, I wish I had this or I wish I, had, I did this or I wish I did that, you did it the way you did it because that's how you needed to do it. You can always change tomorrow. You can never change yesterday. And... With that in mind, you know, you start connecting dots in your life and you realize that you are here. You are the pin in the map. You are here. So, you know, if you want to move to the next area, you have to make a little bit of a plan and then move in that direction. With that being said, there are no accidents. Some things do have a way of changing your life. I remember I've I've been fired from jobs, uh, um, you know, just being laid off and fired from jobs or not getting jobs and driving home, crying my eyes out, you know, bawling my eyes out because it was, you know, I had had my hopes set on it and stuff. Had I gotten any of these jobs or these really good, you know, any of these good jobs or, you know, better jobs, jobs. I wouldn't even, I would not be here today. You know, if I didn't get fired from a couple of jobs, I wouldn't be here today. I would be somewhere else making, you know, whatever, you know, whatever a year. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have left it. And um, some of those decisions were kind of, you know, that we go through or almost, almost made for us, I want to say. I shouldn't say made for us, but they kind of help redirect us in the direction that we actually want to go in. Well, you don't know how happy I was because many years ago I had worked in the World Trade Center. Yeah. And it was <laughs> yeah. it was it was cool and I you know they were considering making me an offer for a job. I was considering taking it, you know, whatever. And I'm telling you, I mean this was about 5 years before 9/11. But uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's like we just couldn't get it together. Um uh-huh. I never really had a problem getting a job offer or taking a job offer, but with this one in particular there were issues. And at the time, I remember saying to myself, this is odd. And then, obviously, I didn't take it. We went on to 9-11, and I'm like, ah, now this makes right. perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of stuff, yep, we don't even see it. We don't even see it coming. It's somewhere way off in our peripheral vision, and you don't even see it coming, and it just comes up and side blinds you. I, I agree also, with you 110% on that. Yeah, and again, we go back to perception. Um, it, it's the way you perceive it because some people wind up out of a job and they look at it as a curse rather than a blessing. But right. if you're in that space for a while being out of work, you start to think to yourself, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm a person who I'm very much 
uh, all about gratitude and blessings and, and knowing that the universe takes care of us all. And I like to be in that space. So I'm always thinking, you know, wait a minute, you know, do I have a job right now? And because I'm not supposed to be in a job right now or whatever, but instead of looking at this as a disaster, because, you know, you and I are from the same, I guess, time where it's like, you know, we were told you go out, you get a job, you get a salary, and that's yep. the way it goes. So we're so mm -hmm. stuck in that thinking that if we're not, it feels foreign to us, and it feels like a negative place. But if you change your perception and say, I'm in this place of blessing, and I'm grateful for being in this blessed space to do what I'm supposed to do or to explore what mm -hmm. options I have in front of me. In other words, instead of looking at it as something bad, look at it as something good and see the blessing for what it is. But again, that takes reversal of perception or opening mm -hmm. up your your perception on many levels. Absolutely. I think that's where a lot of people are not. And, and I think we're all trying to get there because that's where we're supposed to as humans, um, which we all are now, uh, that's where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. no. I, I I definitely agree. I remember I got, I got let go from a police department. I had, the first time when I got in the police, I um, it was on nine eleven. It was the day after nine eleven. Um, a friend of mine was supposed to go down for an interview. I had just got my first cell phone. I live out in Podunk, New Jersey, and uh, we used to have to go to a payphone to then call in. And I said, that's not going to work. So I got a, I got a cell phone. And uh, a good friend of mine growing up lives in Manhattan. Uh, left me a message. That morning I got, he called me that night. I had my phone off. That morning uh, on my way to the academy, I listened to his message that he was going for a job interview. And um, when I was at the police academy in New Jersey, it was actually on the hill over in Morris County. And we actually could see it. And I remember they stopped the class to turn the news on and tell us what had happened. And then that next day or two, I got let go of the academy because I had failed the test. Because with all that going on and my friend not being in contact with him, I thought he was there. And he had actually woke up late. So by the time uh, everybody started running away from it, uh, running away from the building that it was collapsing, he mm -hmm. was actually walking. When everybody started running, he turned around and ran. So he actually wasn't who actually wasn't there and, um, you know, talk about, you know, it not, you know, it's not being your time. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent. I'm a big uh, believer in when it's not your time, it's not your time. And, um, you know, he woke up late for that reason, you know, and, uh, he's oh, yeah. still here today. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, <clears throat> I wound up getting hired by another department a year later. It was just one of just, it was a test that, you know, I, you're supposed to have an 80 on it instead of a 70, and um, I had failed it by one. But you know, whatever. It, 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 had I had I actually gotten into that department, I wouldn't have left. I probably wouldn't have had the motorcycle. Things wouldn't have turned out the same way. So I don't I don't really question a lot of it. I just figured, you know, I probably wouldn't have wanted to leave the job either. You know, right. And uh, I wound up I, after I lost that job. Not even a week later, I got a job as an uh, armored guard, uh, an armored car driver doing ATMs. That was a great job. You know, I remember uh, I came home and um, I used to complain. I was complaining about everything. I was really upset because I, 
I had, you know, failed the test in the academy and got let go. And um, I used to come home and I'd complain. And I remember my wife just, I remember her just saying, oh, you just shut up already. <laughs> so I, I was like kind of, it was like, you know, it's like you ever doing, you're like in the middle of something and then something just happens and distracts you. Yeah. And I just, I just stopped. And I just, I just didn't say anything for the rest of the night. And I just thought, what am I doing? And then I went in, I went into work the next day, and nothing was kind of going great. I was pissed off that I was making half the money I used to, and you know, I, I just, I wasn't happy. So I changed my attitude, and I started having that attitude of gratitude, and um, I started, you know, everything, everything happens for a reason, and changing my attitude, like. Every other month I was getting a raise and I was making more money than the police department then from for starting out. And, um, yeah, he kept on promoting me. And by the time the almost year mark came up that uh, another department um, had, I, I, my, my number came up on the civil service uh, list. And when, when I got contacted with, a, you know, when I had my interview and everything, I told him about it. I told him I really wanted to do it if, you know, if I was offered the job, I was going to leave, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, the guy was like, I, I actually was going to ask you if you wanted to, do, uh, you know, buy into the business and stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, had I done that? I, I don't know. Would things have changed out different? I don't know, but it happened the way it happened. You know, so I changed my attitude and everything just started changing in my life. Started getting more money started, uh, you know, getting more responsibility in my job, and I actually really liked it, and a really nice guy, he was a really nice guy to work for, like a six, seven day a week job, and I was just like, you know, I need a couple of days off here and there. See, when you think about it, yeah, and again, it goes back to the very first thing we said at the outset of the show, it's uh, all about perception. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's yeah, how I, you perceive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've had this conversation with um, myself, my wife, uh, other people that come in, and um, I actually feel like I do more when people call or, or come in and start, you know, just talking to us. I've I've had a number of people who just didn't know what they wanted and they didn't know why they walked in the door. I just stop what I'm doing and I talk to them. If I really can't, that I'm like in the, like I'm really in the middle or with another client, you know, I just ask them if they can come back another time. But I, I've had like, a, you know, I guess a good handful of people or so here that really just needed somebody to talk to, and right. I guess I was just I was tagged. I was it. I was the guy to listen to them, you know? and and you know, give my two cents worth. And you know, I've run into them in town and stuff, or here and there. They they've called back later and. They're happy. They, you know, I couldn't even tell you what I talked to them about. They just, mm-hmm. they just didn't. I, I just, I guess I was just, just needed. Yeah, you were in the right place at the right yeah. time. And when yeah. you think about it, we're all just instruments of the divine. And um, as the saying goes, we're all just walking each other home. So it, you know, it's. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing. You just got to go with the flow. So we yeah. are. Basically, running out of time here. I just want to let everybody know your website is challengezen.com, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And you are in Blairstown, New Jersey. 
and uh-huh. they can make an appointment, I guess, through the website, or they can dial 908-362-1900? Yeah, uh, appointments right. are due by phone appointment um, to, okay. to set up. Mm-hmm. All right, so guys, definitely give Dominic a call and see what uh, they can do for you and how they can help you. i got to tell you, I've, I've never been uh, to your center, but just from the photos on the website, it just it reeks of just a beautiful, beautiful, positive, sacred space. You guys are blessed to have that that building, really. Thank, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's great. All right, thank you so much, Dominic, for being on the show. I know I'm going to be on your and Bob's show in June. I don't know the date. Without my calendar, I don't know, but I'll talk to you guys in June. <laughs> and um, thank you so much. Have a beautiful weekend. Great. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'll be back next week. I don't yet know what we have on the schedule. But um, I'm sure it'll be something good. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful weekend. Bye-bye.